ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Coming up later this hour on The Great Scott Show, uh, or next hour, we'll visit with uh, Luke Johnson of The uh, the Advocate and Times Picayune to talk some Saints. Brody Miller of The Athletic will uh, join us to talk a little LSU football. But early here in the morning, in the first hour, is our friend Chris Alano from Houston, Texas, but uh, Raging Cajun alum, former Cajun color commentator, and uh, probably has a future in covering the Cajuns again, but this year with COVID and travel and a number of other things, it just wasn't possible. That doesn't mean he's not watching. That doesn't mean he's not attending, and uh, he's got plenty of thoughts on the Cajuns. Good morning, Chris. What's up, dude? What's going on, buddy? So uh, the Cajuns back in the top 25 in a week where they don't even play, that's not bad. No, I'll take that. I'll accept that. I mean, a lot of pieces of the puzzle had to fall in place, and I think they did. With Iowa State winning, uh, you know, it, it helps the week one matchup between Iowa State and Louisiana. It looks a little bit more, you know, it, it, it definitely helps out our case. We played a very competitive team in the Big 12. You saw these other top 25 teams that were teetering along the rankings. They get knocked out. SMU, I believe, beat who was it, Memphis, who probably reached the top 25. But all by uh, that, uh, Memphis, they, they drop out and others as well. So overall, it was a good weekend to have a bye week and sit back and watch some football. And just uh, overall, I thought it was a very good week to be a Cajun fan or, or nonetheless a football player because I think everything that needed to happen did happen. And still, you got nine more weeks left in the season. A lot of more football left to be played. So, but other than that, I thought overall the chips fell in the right place. Yeah, you know they're they're three and zero, Chris, and yet you know it feels like this season has been going on a while. It's just it's such a weird year. I mean, it was such build up so long. I'm not sure if they're going to play. Then they did, and then a game gets rescheduled, and they're not playing tonight. And as of now, they're playing Saturday, and who knows with a storm. I mean. It, it's only three games into it, and I was talking to Kai Gardner yesterday, and he kind of agreed with me on that point, the Cajun quarterback. It feels like this season's been going on a while, and it's still very early in the season. Yeah, it has been going on a while, just so many uncertainties. And, again, we don't even know what's going to happen this Saturday coming up. I think I have a prediction. I think a call will be made by Thursday. you got to make something by Thursday because Coastal's going to have to travel by Friday on whether or not we're going to play the football game due to the weather on Saturday. Now, the good news is both teams have a bye week the following week, so you can easily move the game to next Saturday if you have to. The only problem is, and where I think it bodes well for Coastal, I don't think it really benefits Louisiana much. You don't want that long of a layover from game to game. And uh, I, credit to Coastal Carolina agreeing to play this weekend, but there, there's still uncertainty, uncertainties of whether or not we play this Saturday, but we'll find out more as the week goes along. Chris Lano, our guest, ESPN1420.com, Rage Occasion alum and analyst. Uh, well, let, let's just – the next game is Coastal, we'll assume at this point. Uh, they're 3-0. and They're getting votes in the top 25 polls. It seems like the big difference with them, Chris, is – the redshirt freshman quarterback is good. I mean, he's the Sunbelt Conference Player of the Week, Grayson McCall. He is, um, from the little bit I've seen, I mean, I saw him play against Kansas a little bit, and I, it just seems like they've got a, a passer that can get the ball, you know, whether it just be dinks and ducks or vertically. Just a guy that is competent and 
you know, isn't isn't slow as molasses. I mean, he's able to hurt you with his feet if you need to. Having a solid quarterback who he appeared in four games last year but didn't do much, but now as the full-time starter really seems to be the, the straw that's stirring that drink. And, and as a result, I mean, Coastal is, I think, much better than anticipated this year. No, he has definitely taken the bull by the horns this year, and uh, they're, they're going to they're gonna just basically live and die with Grayson McCall at the quarterback position. He has been outstanding for Coastal, raised a lot of eyebrows coming into this year, just how well he has played thus far. But not only that, uh, he's got his running back in Torrance Marble, who's been there for a while, uh, just a very reliable running back. And you look Teron Jackson, number nine, and Jeffrey Gunter, number 94. You know, I was watching a Coastal Carolina game. I believe it was week two of the season. And big number 94, Jeffrey Gunter, he made a play in the secondary, dropped back in coverage. I think he intercepted the football and the TV announcer. You know, he, he drew a little comparisons to Charles Haley back in the day with the Dallas Cowboys and the 49ers. I'm sure you remember that, Scott, back in the early 90s. Uh, something that he used to do. Uh, playing defense when they used to start dropping back defensive ends and coverage. But not only he has the ability to, to do that, this guy is a monster at rushing the passer. And I think both guys um, in Gunter and Teron Jackson, they're probably the best defensive end tandem in the league, in the Sun Belt, and one of the better ones in all of college football. And that's going to be, I think, the biggest challenge for both of our tackles Coming up this Saturday. Now back to the quarterback. You, you opened up about Grayson McCall, and I, I got a little, I got away from it a little bit talking about the defense. As far as what he does on offense, they do a little bit of everything with the zone read, the option, and they can spread it out and throw the ball down the field. And I think he presents a lot of difficulties for defenses. You saw that with Arkansas State being able to put points on the board, and they've really found their quarterback in Grayson McCall and. I, I tell you what, this Coastal Carolina team, I, I might have been one year away, but I remember last year going into the year, I thought to myself that, that Friday, I believe we played them on a Thursday or a Wednesday. It was during the week, I remember we played, had to go to Coastal, and I had that game circled as a, as a trap game, potentially one that Louisiana could lose. And I, I didn't pre- predict a lot of games that they would lose last year. I thought they'd go 9-3 or 10-2, and that was one of them I had circled. Now, it's funny about this year – it, it almost feels like the rubber match. You know, in the Billy Napier area, we lose to Coastal Carolina at home in 2018 in, in a game where Coastal Carolina, I remember when I studied for that team along with Jay Walker, they had the second youngest team in all of college football in 2018, only behind Nebraska. Their entire starting lineup, I kid you not, was all sophomores, which means in 2020, two years later, they're all seniors. So it's a very experienced group that Grayson McCall, although he is a freshman, he's got a lot of guys around him that are veterans, that, that have been together. They've been playing football for quite a while. So it's a very veteran-savvy group that this Louisiana team is going to have to play this Saturday. And it almost feels like it, it, it's the rubber match between Billy Napier and Coastal. You know, who's going to take two out of three this Saturday? I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's going to be a heck of a game. It's going to be a 60-minute football game, in my opinion. It's a very, very talented football team coming into Cajun Field. ESPN 1420.com. I'm Scott Prather. That is Chris Lano, Raging Cajun alum, former defensive end and Raging Cajun analyst. Chris, uh, 11 a.m. right now, kickoff scheduled for this Saturday at Cajun Field. 
Uh, and then you got a Friday night game uh, 13 days later against UAB. Heading into this one, though, it seems like as of now, and we'll, we'll learn more tonight when we get a depth chart. Coach Napier was kind of, you know, as he tends to be a little tight-lipped about injuries and stuff. I mean, I asked him Monday specifically about Peter LeBlanc and Chris Smith and Chris Moncrief, and he didn't want to get into it. He did tell me the prior week, though, that Chris Smith, he didn't anticipate that being anything long-term. Um he has consistently said he feels like from a health standpoint and a COVID standpoint, this is as um, healthy as they've been. Now, he told us that Monday, so we'll see what the depth chart looks like tonight. Obviously, in the world of COVID, that's subject to change. But having most of your hands on deck compared to what you had against Georgia Southern, uh, if if it holds true, I think we're going to have a much better idea or or – Idea is the wrong word. I think we'll see a lot more of what we saw week one against Iowa State this Saturday, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, I can't, you can't uh, emphasize enough just the, just the, the grit and just being able to overcome what this team had to overcome against a very good Georgia Southern football team who is going to win a lot of football games this year against a four-year starter in Shy Wards. And an offensive line coached by Ron Hudson, as we all do know about him over at over in Acadiana. I mean, that he had his unit ready to play. Uh, former coach, uh, offensive line coach back when I played. And there's nobody better that you want in the trenches uh, as far as uh, a, a position coach and Ron Hudson, as far as getting your mind ready and, and coming out with an attitude and, you know that game was going to be personal to him, and it was. That their offensive line played very well against a unit with Louisiana that was missing five guys across the board. And so, you know, just by that alone of getting those guys back, you're going to need your full arsenal against Coastal Carolina. I, I, I can see this being a low-scoring matchup. You know, I've been wrong a lot of times with this, and I thought it was going to be a close game last year against Coastal, and, and truth be told, it was our best overall complete game of the season, in my opinion. I thought it was Levi Lewis's best football game. He was absolutely surgical against Coastal. I believe he finished the, the, the uh, game 20 out of 23 and was just shooting darts all night. I mean, it, it was a cheat code on a computer game. But getting all your guys back, as well as A.J. Washington in the back end, who was a shutdown corner, in my opinion, you know, we're going to need that, and we're going to find out more about that later in the week as far as with COVID-related or injury-related. Now, Chris Smith, you know, that's a wild card right there. I don't know what to make up of him, but, you know, I will say I've watched him come back into the game late in the fourth quarter. It's not necessarily get back to the game, but he came back on the sidelines. He was still fully padded up, just kind of walking back and forth, and he didn't appear to be walking gingerly. With all this time off, I would expect him to be okay. You know, I'd be I'd be very shocked if he doesn't suit up and play and is not Chris Smith effective, uh, as we saw him be, be the first couple of weeks of the season, uh, just based off how he was walking, how he looked, and that's that's sitting around for a while, maybe getting iced up. You know, you you allow a little bit of inflammation on the injury after some time, after about an hour or two going into halftime. And he was still, he still came out and he was walking just fine. 
and, and doing a few little light jogs along the sideline. Now you take 11 days off or however long it's been since that point, or, or in this case, it'll be 14 days off. Um, so I, I think he's, I think he will be back along with Regis and Mitchell. Um, but you're going to need your full arsenal against this coastal team because make no mistake about it. You know, this team, we may play this team again. I, I, there's a very wow. good chance we okay. may see this coastal team again back in December. They could very well take the East. Uh, they're just that talented, and uh, I, I just got a lot of respect for them. Wow, Chris Lano, our guest, ESPN 1420, um, former Raging Cajun defensive end and analyst, breaking down Cajun football, Peter LeBlanc, leading receiver on the team, got a dozen catches this year. Uh, hopefully he can play this week. But after that, you know, we talked about Jalen Williams, uh, who's older, you know, played professional baseball and LSU, and then he's at UL. He's, he's the veteran there, but it's not like he's been in the program for five years. Uh, he's got five catches. Then you've got a lot of young guys. Dante Fleming's got five. Devin Pauley's got four. Kyron Lacey has six. You saw Errol Rogers Jr. and his impact uh, in the last game of the win against Georgia Southern while he was hurt early in the season. So of, of all of these other guys after LeBlanc, it's only been three games and you've kind of seen him you know, at times sparingly, just depending on the health of it. And you can even throw a golden EK in there. What guy do you think by the time we get to the end of the season is going to be your bona fide number two receiver in this offense? I think Kyron Lacey. And, and, you know, Kyron Lacey could very well be your number one receiver. Uh, But I I will say this, though. I got to give this guy a little bit more love than I've given him the last couple weeks, and that's Devin Pauley. Because I think what Devin Pauley does so well, he's so shifty, he's so nimble and so quick and elusive. He's very good against the zone coverage, as, as what I've been saying. He just, he, he just trots his way into the second level. He finds that window, and guys like that who are smaller and are quick, they can somehow get away from the defense. And he, he's a possession-type guy, although he can go down the field and stretch the football field. So in terms of reliability, you know, he, he's up there with everybody else. But I think when it's all said and done in terms of stats, when you look at the stat sheet, I think Kyron Lacey will be your number two receiver behind a Peter LeBlanc, who you got to give that nod to based on what he did last year. And, and again, we're going to see what his status is going into this week. He had, a, I believe, a hip injury or, or could have gone down to his growing. But we'll, we'll find out more. But in terms of the receivers, I think you need to have at least one of the two guys back between Peter LeBlanc or Fleming. I, I, you know, if, if one of the guys is out for this week, I don't think it's a tremendous loss because of our ability to do other things with our running backs and our other receivers. But you need to have at least one back. In terms of depth issues, you need bodies out there. you got to be able to stretch the field at times and keep the defense honest. So if we go into this game without Fleming and Peter LeBlanc, I think that could – be a little bit of a sign of trouble in terms of throwing the ball down the field and stretching it because those guys really like to run down the sidelines and they're big guys where Levi Lewis, if you could just put a good little arch in the football and they can come down with it, they can go get it at its highest point. So, and we recruited that way. Billy Napier has recruited that way the last couple of years of getting big guys that can run down the field at the wide receiver position. So there's a lot of girth there. And so for me, I think the big question mark with, with our receivers is who is going to be returning for us as far as with injury. Now, Fleming and Peter, they're, they're, those are injury-related issues, nothing COVID-related. 
and I just I'm looking forward to see who comes back. Hopefully, we get both guys coming back. We'll see. But but to answer your initial question, the number two guy, I, I would give that nod right now to Kyron Lacey. ESPN fourteen twenty. Chris Alano breaking down raging Cajun football. Cajun alum, former. Uh, Raging Cajun defensive end and a Raging Cajun analyst is our guest. Anything else in the Sun Belt as a whole stand out to you that you think is worth noting? Well, I, I mean, you, you look at the Sun Belt from top to bottom, I think the league has gotten much better talent wise. And uh, I think the league, they saw an opportunity with this COVID situation with the Big Ten, the Pac 12, uh, delaying their football, potentially not even playing football this year. I guess they saw it as an opportunity to come out and really play their best football to make a name for themselves on the map. And I think teams such as the Arkansas States and the Coastal Carolinas having to play at Kansas and at Kansas State, as well as Louisiana against Iowa State. Now, I thought Appalachian State, they laid an egg against Marshall, but that's okay. Everyone knows what Appalachian State is capable of. I think we really took the opportunity and we capitalized on it in terms of the respect factor across the league. And Remember, we got to root for our teams when they're playing out of conference. I think uh, as a whole, it helps in terms of our power rankings when it comes to the AP rankings with the coaches poll uh, as far as getting better bowl games when season's in. But I think overall, the league is in a very good spot. It's getting better talent-wise. You're seeing depth along these teams from top to bottom. So I I, I just look at it in totality. And uh, even... um, even a Monroe team who has struggled, really struggled against Army, but Army's got a very good squad. They, they can definitely put some points on some teams. You know, they've been competitive the last couple of weeks as well. So, you know, even our rivals up north, you still root for those guys when they're playing out of conference. So I think from top to bottom, I've been very pleased with the league, and I think we really answered the bell when needed to. He has been 1420. Plenty of uh, big, big 12 jokes at the uh, at the expense of the college football world when it comes to facing up against the Sun Belt this year, but yeah, you know, one one I'm gonna add to that, Scott. I think one of the best jokes I've seen is the loser of the Sun Belt championship game should play the winner of the Big Twelve to win the Big Twelve. And I thought that was pretty clever. So you've seen a lot of memes out there, and deservingly so, because you know, let's face it, we've owned the Big Twelve this season. The the Iowa State team I felt like was gonna uh, be really strong this year, and um, coming off of that week one loss to UL, they beat TCU, they beat Oklahoma, and now folks are piling on Oklahoma. But I I know Cajun fans are following the Cyclones closely and uh, hoping that they keep reeling off wins. But that's a good football team, man, and I think again we're gonna look back to that week one win, not just this season, but I think for years to come. That was such a big win for the program. And, you know, one thing I want to add to that, Scott, you, you, you go on the road, you beat Iowa State, heck of a win. Greatest win in program history, you can make that argument. I, I mean, I haven't really thought too much about it. I, I wasn't really around in the 90s when we beat Texas A&M. And, you know, I, I can maybe point out a few other games where it could have been bigger. But, but it, truth be told, I mean, it, it's definitely a top two, top three win in program history, possibly top one. But what bothers me is after when you know you come out in a close game against Georgia State, we saw what Georgia State did to East Carolina last week. You know, it's one thing to have to play a, a big team, and you have to overcome prosperity in the next week. And that's what the, we saw with this Louisiana football team. They're learning how to win football games, being at the top. 
So when you see these rankings, they come out the week after, and you saw what they did, what we did against Georgia State or even Georgia Southern, and they don't even put it, they factor in what kind of team Georgia State is even capable of, as well as a Georgia Southern team or what we had to play going into that game as far as personnel-wise. We, we, we didn't have almost our entire defense against Georgia Southern, and we played a heck of a football team without uh, the likes of Elijah Mitchell at running back, as well as Chris Smith for three quarters of that football game. So to me, I, I talk to the fans. I try to let the guys know, you know, don't get so hell-bent about it. It's all hypothetical. They don't know. If we just continue to win these football games down the road, it will all sort itself out. We will be in a place where we need to be, and deservingly so. And the, the, the writers – uh, we'll take notice of what we're doing because we're still got to play a lot of good football teams left in this year. You know, with Coastal coming up this week, potentially Appalachian State twice or even Coastal twice, Arkansas State at home. So allow just allow the season to sort itself out. Don't get so hell-bent about where you are ranked uh, on week three or week four of the regular season. To me, it's, it's, it's irrelevant at this point. But, um, you know, it's a lot of stuff to get excited for. You know, we're, we're going to win a lot of football games, and we're going to be exactly where we need to be. Great stuff from Chris Alano. Uh, you can give him a follow on Twitter if you want some more uh, thoughts that he likes to share about the Rage Cajun football program at Chris Alano 96 That's the number he wore back when he played for UL. Chris, appreciate the time, man. As always, good chatting with you, and uh, stay safe as this, uh, this storm's in the golf. Looks like it's heading this way. We'll keep an eye on it in the meantime. Uh, all the best, and we'll chat soon, all right? 